Hello and welcome to Talk To Be Well. I'm your host, Dr. Robin Henderson, Chief Executive of Behavioral Health for Providence in Oregon and Chief Clinical Officer for Work To Be Well. Here with me today on this very, very special episode is how to discuss how to cope with moving on, specifically for our seniors, who are three of the seniors on the National Student Advisory Council, Lena, Cole, and Dominic. Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is a hard episode because I love seniors and I love the fact that they're moving on and I'm super excited and I'm also super sad because I'm going to miss them greatly, but I'm so excited for what's ahead for you and I want to talk about how you're dealing with it because I know it's rough. But first, as a reminder, we have to remember that the information provided during this event is for educational purposes only. It's not intended nor is it implied to be a substitute for professional medical advice. Let's get started by having each of you introduce yourself, where you're from, and tell us a little bit, you know, something special about your senior year. Lena, why don't you kick us off? All right. I would love to kick it off. Thank you so much, Robin. Um, my name is Lena. I'm obviously a senior, as are all the other teens here. I'm from Oregon, headed to New York for college. And something special about my senior year would probably be that I got to give the valedictorian speech at my graduation. And it was super awesome. Very rainy, Oregon, but a lot of fun. Congratulations. That is a big deal. Thank you. All right. All right cool. Okay, I'll take the reins. Um, so my name is Cole Wright. I'm a senior as well, obviously, but I'm from Happy Valley, Oregon. And this topic is relevant to me because, again, I'm a senior, but I'm going out of state as well. I'm going down to the University of San Diego next year, which is going to be a big move, a big culture shift. And I've just been trying to figure out how to like process this change. So um, something special about my senior year, I'm kind of going to lame it down a little bit, but just being back in school, it's like, it's been fantastic because we had that almost two year break from COVID and just seeing people's faces being in community again, it was fantastic. So made it pretty special. Yeah. Cool. That's amazing. And I'm super jealous because some of the best food on the planet is in San Diego. Yeah. I'm extremely excited. Oh, wow. Dominic. What's special? Um, well, hello, everybody. As you've heard, my name is Dominic. I'm from Burbank, California. I'm on the National Student Advisory Council. I am heading off to UC Santa Cruz in the fall, which I am so happy about. 60-degree weather, beaches, forests, all of it. I'm so down. I'm so happy. Um, and something special about my year. Yes, go banana slugs. Yes, that is our mascot. Go banana slugs. Um, something special about my year would be that I finally sort of was able to get um, the mental health organization that I founded at my school, like, you know, off the ground and on its two legs. And we hosted a suicide prevention presentation at school, uh, the first of its kind. We just, we did a lot of work at school and, and just to see that, you know, sort of come to fruition was really special for me and knowing that I actually, you know, made an impact on my community. So yeah, my senior year was special. That is amazing. The feeling of leaving something better than when you came is one of the best feelings on the planet. Congratulations. That is so cool. So I want to ask you all, you know, popcorn it around here. Why is moving on to new experiences from old experiences or, or even, you know, changing people? Why do you think that causes people stress or anxiety? I mean, isn't it, isn't it exciting to do something new? Why would it be stressful? 
Well, I think naturally, anytime you're resetting your routines and you're in a place without a lot of the people that normally support you or that you normally fall in for support, like maybe it's family, close friends, maybe a part of your community that like is a safe haven for you, leaving that, and especially for most of us going somewhere completely different is really scary. I know I'm headed like across the nation and I'm going to be like a nine hour trip away from my parents, which that kind of change can be terrifying. But what do you think, Cole? Yeah, I can go along with that too. Um, just finding myself in a new environment every time it's like a huge call for like adjustment. And I don't know, for me, every time I like lose a big sense of security and like consistency, um, finding a new sense of normalcy and like a foreign community or environment is always a huge adjustment. So just, I don't know, it's, it's hard to like find yourself in a situation you've never been in before. So. Um, and I know, I know for me, um, one of the big, you know, anxieties that I've had this year um, would have to be just, you know, moving on from my friendships for sure. Um, you know, I, I've, I've made a really good set of friendships and where I live in Los Angeles. Um, and it's really, I'm just really worried about having to move on and, you know, maybe losing some of them when life moves on and sort of, you know, like everyone mentioned, going to a new experience, going to people, meeting new people that you've never seen before, leaving the old ones behind and sort of trying to navigate, you know, how to keep your old life and your new life, you know, connected in the way that you feel comfortable with. So I, I think that that's definitely been a cause of anxiety for me, you know, going into this new step of my life. You know, it's so interesting how people cope with big shifts in their life. You know, I remember when I went off to college and I was dating somebody, actually my senior year, I had a, a boyfriend I'd been with for some time. And we made an agreement that when I went to college, he was a year behind me. Um, he was, we were going to break up and that was going to be a, a thing because he wanted me to be able to experience college and I wanted him to have a senior year and we didn't want to have that pull at anything. Anyway, long story short, very smart decision, right? But that's not always how people cope with those big shifts. Um, when you think about coping with big shifts, what are some of the strategies you've used for how you're going to navigate that shift from one set of people to another? What do you keep? You know, it's just a great time to call. Um, I know that for me personally, uh, knowing what I can rely on is super helpful, which is why I have to do a little bit of a promo moment and shout out Work To Be Well's um, Emotional First Aid Kit, which is on our website. Uh, it's a wonderful resource that you can utilize to sort of uh, help you visualize different uh, resources that you can use in your life. Um, you know, there's certain sounds that you can use that you can write down. You can write down sites, uh, things that you can touch, um, anything that brings you comfort. So, you know, I have to go over this little advertisement. You have to, if you want to look into the Emotional First Aid Kit, it can really help support you through this, through these transitions in your life. I know for me personally, um, I'm, I like, I lit some incense behind me. And so, um, you know, just having that sort of smell to call me into, you know, get me into a centered place where I can, you know, sort of be where I want to be and, and feel freer. Um, that's definitely going to help me during my transition, uh, you know, holding on to the people in my life who bring me comfort and support and, you know, using mental health resources online. There are so many like teen line and youth line. And I think there are so many ways that you can sort of utilize, you know, what the resources that are out there to help you in this transition in your life. Building off of what Dominic said, I find a lot of peace and like ability to cope with big shifts in my life by like monitoring my stressors and what is taking me out of my normal self. Um, 
really just giving myself proper downtime and like recognition for what I need is the best way to cope. Uh, for me personally, music is a big way that I can like kind of ground myself. Um, I play guitar and if I just sit down for like 15 minutes and strum some chords or pick some songs, I'm like kind of within myself again. So just giving yourself proper time to like detach from things that are stressing you out and irking you is like the best way to kind of keep your head grounded and in the moment. I'm totally with both of you guys. Like Dominic said, I, especially being with Work To Be Well for like three or four years, I'm really relying on my like emotional first aid kit. And so what I'm really trying to focus on is how I'm gonna rebuild it because I'm leaving a lot of the pieces I put in it when I lived here in Oregon, right? So there's people that were in it because that's the sixth part. Dominic and I were just presenting this. So it's like right on the top of my head, but I'm gonna always have the sounds and I'm going to try to bring the right smells and I'm gonna try to fall back on the pieces of my emotional first aid kit that I can bring with me and then try to grow and maybe like make a new like 2.0 for when I'm at Cornell, right? And I think that's okay. And it's gonna be harder at first but I'm really excited to see the new pieces that go in it because I have been relying on like such a consistent six parts for so long that I think this emotional first aid kit is gonna be like a new version with me. Lena, that's amazing. And I love that idea of preparing for what you're gonna take with you and what you aren't gonna take with you and what the excitement is of the new stuff. One of the things that I know is gonna happen for all of you when you get there and you all and Cole, you said it, this is your first year back after two years off from COVID. Um, when you get to college, it will be a, a mix. Uh, you know, I've got two kids in college. Both of them have had the various mixes of sometimes classes are in person, sometimes classes are remote, depending on the size of the college you're at, different COVID protocols, depending on what part of the country you're in. When you think about that piece of adjusting to life, after COVID and how you're going to adjust to that in college, what advice do you have for people and how, how you're going to move forward in this new COVID universe we all live in? Honestly, I'm really scared because I don't really know how people on the other side of the nation are treating COVID and I haven't been over there since COVID started. So it's definitely like a big anxiety for me and seeing like Am I going to be like the West Coaster that's like constantly wearing my mask and terrified and doesn't want to go out into large groups? Or like, is that just going to be the vibe for everyone? Or is COVID going to randomly spread around campus like it has at the beginning of the school year for the past like years that COVID has been a thing? So that kind of anxiety is going to sit with me. But I think like we've talked about naming it, saying that that's okay, and then starting to take it slow is my plan. I think a good strategy that I would probably I will probably be utilizing during this transition is to focus on what worked in the previous transitions in and out of COVID. I mean, we've had those already. We've transitioned into COVID in March of 2020. We transitioned out of COVID, um, you know, during this the beginning of this school year. And so I think looking back and seeing, oh, you know, this really helped me going home and getting my work done and then having time to myself. I'm going to try that again in this new transition you know, where there might be new COVID protocols at my new school and there might be less COVID protocols or maybe things are different the way that they handle it there. Um, because it's always good to look back on what has worked in the past and, and then exploit it. Because if you know what works for you, then it's always, you know, you always have a step ahead when you're going into new transitions into your life. You'll know what you what works for you and then you'll know how to implement it in a way that can help you and, you know, help you be, to product, help you to be productive. 
I agree with Dominic 100%. Um, like the best way I've persisted through COVID is just like maintaining positive, healthy routines um, during a time of like such uncertainty and like unknowingness. It's like having the ability to ground yourself and understand what you can do to keep yourself afloat. It's like the best thing you can do to take care of yourself. Um, for me, something that's kept me like focused and okay with this transition it's kind of verbatim, like I hear it a lot, but it's like, we're all kind of going through the same thing. Like we've all been through this process and there's obviously nuances to everybody's situation, but we're all coming in after like missing out on a big bulk of high school. So I think a lot of people will just be eager to like form community right away and just form relationships with others. So I'm really hopeful that it'll be a positive experience off the bat that I'll find some comfort in. I'm also really excited because like Cole said, we haven't really had this kind of lowest level of COVID in a really long time. So like, I wanna go to a football game and I wanna go study with friends at a coffee shop and we finally are gonna get to do that. And that is so exciting. So remembering, yes, Dominic, Dominic just said he wants to go to concerts. That's all I wanna do. Like, so getting to go somewhere new and fun, make new friends with new experiences and have so much fun is what I'm also hanging on to remind myself that like, it's gonna be scary but it's going to be okay. And it's going to be super fun. You know, Lena, I'm glad you brought up the issue of making new friends and bringing new people in because having a strategy for those people you're going to keep in your life and how you're going to keep them in your life and what you're going to do and having that strategy for how you're going to meet new people are really important. I want to know when you're thinking about all the tools you've got, how are you thinking about approaching meeting new people? What are the things you're planning to do? What are you going to throw yourself into in college that guarantees you're going to meet some new people? I guess I'm, I don't know. It sounds really quirky, but I'm going to look for more work to be well, like people like this program found me some of my best friends. So if there's another mental health or legislative advocacy based group program, why would I not dive into it when I've had like a 100% success rate finding some of the best people ever? Like these two guys that are on the call with me, right? These are my people. So if there's more of these people in New York, why would I not hunt them out and force them to be my friend? I love that. Force them to be your friends. Yes, you will be my friend. Dominic, how about you? I mean, you know, I think that Lena literally just took the words right out of my mouth, which is like a, a testament to the impact that work to be well has. Like we all literally are like a hive mind. We think similarly but anyways um i am going to throw myself into clubs and opportunities where i will meet like-minded people and one thing that's really great about the school that i'm going to is that i'm in a uh like a smaller college within the big college that is completely focused on like diversity and equity and like social justice so i will be living and breathing and eating with people who think like me and who want to do the same work as me and so i think just even being in that in that space will totally help me and aid me in making new friends. And I think that, you know, putting myself into mental health programs and, you know, social justice programs where I meet other people who think like me will really help me you know, make a circle of, you know, like-minded people who just want to make an impact in the world, which is pretty good to me. Yeah, uh, Lena and Dominic are right on the nail with it. I think that specifically what Dominic said about like the overwhelming load of like clubs and opportunities to meet people um it's going to be really cool like opportunity to pursue our passions and like further them even more because i've never been in a situation where i have so many like 
opportunities to just flourish within myself and kind of find new passions and interests. So I'm really intrigued by that. Um, going back to the question about like outgrowing relationships and moving on to new friends, I think it's really important to not let necessary change be like a catalyst for guilt. Like you shouldn't feel guilty for like having to move on and enjoy a new environment because like everyone grows up and we're all going to end up in different places. And if people are true to you and like dear to your heart, you can maintain those relationships that won't change, but don't let like kind of superficial relationships wreck you if you have to move on and on and on because it's necessary and it's going to happen and it might be hard, but you need to be okay with it at some point. Such wise words, such wise words. You are so right. Because it really is that matter of if a relationship is meant to be, it's still going to be there. I have friends I have from high school that I may not see them for four or five years. And then when I see them, it's like, oh my gosh, we were girlfriends just two minutes ago. It's kind of how it works, right? The other thing I want to remind you all though, and this is super important, do not forget to join a fun club. Join something you would never actually do. Best thing Billy did, my daughter Billy did her freshman year, she joined the Poi Club. You know what Poi Club is? It's the fire dancing club. Who doesn't want to learn how to fire dance, right? Yeah, seek out the fire dancing club, all right? So while we're talking about this, you know, you're also going to be leaving your family behind. I mean, you all are leaving, you know, Lana, you're going all the way to the far end of the coast i imagine you might not be home for thanksgiving cole you're all the way down in san diego and you might come home for thanksgiving and dominic you're going to be a little ways from home too so what's your strategy with your family um for me i'm taking it like kind of as an opportunity to reinvent myself and like truly solidify who i want to be um i love my family and i'm super close with them but it's been such like a normal thing to depend on them for my whole entire life up until this point that I'm really excited to have the freedoms to like just develop on my own. Um, and obviously I'll keep in touch with them and stick around and come home, but like finding people I want to surround myself with and like building a life on my own and pursuing things that I want to do without the pressures of like staying at home. It's, it's going to be super transformative for me. And um, I'm just reminding myself that it's a good thing for change. You know, I have to be very careful with how I'm going to word this answer because my parents are in the other room um, and they're probably listening with their ears to the wall. But I am I'm very worried in some aspects about moving on because in some ways my parents are like my friends. We're very close. We talk about everything. We gossip together. We watch movies and TV and I'm very close to my parents. Um, but at the same time, I know that sort of getting that space to allow myself to grow and to become independent will be beneficial for me and it will be transformative. Um, and I know that, you know, my parents will just be a phone call away. And so when I need to borrow 50 bucks um, or I need help using some you know, sort of new um, machinery at my school, they'll always be, you know, a phone call away. And so I appreciate that. And I will be able to, you know, use those connections to keep my parents, you know, active in my life while also being, you know, away enough that I can grow on my own and I can, you know, spread my wings, I guess. And so, you know, don't be making fun of me that my parents are my friends because that just makes you a loser because my friend, my parents are cooler than yours. Okay, bye. 
I love that so much, Dominic. I don't even know how to follow it. I'm, I think like you, my parents have really set me up for success and I feel really confident in my ability to use the machines that you seem to be scared of. I think I will be okay. Um, and I'm really ready and excited. But one thing I'm not ready for is to leave my sister. So she is my baby sister. She's less than two years younger than me. So we have grown up and been at like the same schools forever. And like your parents are, she is my best friend. And I'm really not ready to leave her. I'm terrified. And it's that kind of fear that I think parents have where it's like, I know she's ready and I believe in her because I raised her, but I want to like watch out for her and I want to take care of her. And so I'm not ready to leave her. I'm begging her to come to Cornell with me and we can study there together. But I also know that she has to go do her own thing, but it's really scary. Well, I tell you, you all are are very much getting ready to make that huge transition and learn all the new things like how to use the washing machine, uh, how to make sure that you can do your own DoorDash, how to, you know, navigate a campus and not get lost, how to not lose your room key. Seriously important thing to remember in college. So when you think about those reminders of that transition from high school to college, what advice do you have for, for other seniors who might be listening of the things that you want to make sure that you're going to take care of? What, what advice do you have? I guess write everything down, right? Because if you make a mistake once, it's an opportunity to learn. But if it's happening over and over again, then it's just a mistake, right? So if you lose your room key once, people are super understanding, but you just figure it out. And yes, make a lot of lists. Everybody that listens to these podcasts knows I love lists. And understanding that the mistakes are going to happen because we're growing up and we're stretching our level of adulthood, and that's okay. But making sure that we learn and grow from it and not just experience it is what I'm looking forward to. Uh, just before I begin, I want to clarify that I do know how to use a washing machine, by the way. Just anyone who's listening, I do know how to use those. I use them pretty often. I'm not dumb. Okay, anyways, my answer. So my advice, you know, the internet... Is, is, is easily accessible to almost everyone in the world. Um, and so my advice is to use the internet because there are so many mental health resources and resource centers and hotlines and warm lines and, you know, so many resources available for you to access. You know, if you're having, if you're having a hard time in college, if you're having a hard time during this transition, call up a warm line and just talk. Call up teen line, call up youth line you know, use these resources to your advantage because they're there for you and you only, and they're only there to support you. They're not there to trick you. They're not there to make your life harder. They're only there to support you in whatever you're struggling with. And so my, my advice to you is to do what I've done and to do what so many other people have done and, and use those resources online to help support your mental health and your emotional health during any difficult time in your life. It doesn't just have to be the transition from high school to college. It can be anything that you need it for. So yeah, use those resources. They're there for you to use. I agree wholeheartedly. I think that the internet is like crazy place. It's a huge place, but it's so fruitful with things we need to like maintain our wellness and well-being because you can find anything on the internet. So if you use it wisely, it can do wonders for you. Um, going back to what Lena said about writing things down, I've kind of fallen succumb to the concept of like keeping things in my brain and remembering things and 
timelines creep up on you. And if you just don't know when things are, you'll realize, oh, shoot, I have an essay due at midnight tonight. And then you just got to cram. So write things down. I've towards the end of the year, I've started like doing calendars and stuff or when like college stuff is due and it's kept me grounded, kept me looped in. And uh, I don't know. I don't love the process of it. It's not like fun doing the tedious work, but it helps out in the long run. So if you can like force yourself in, you'll thank yourself later. Sage advice, this device right here, your iPhone is your best friend. It has a calendar function built into it. Use the calendar function. You know what's so remarkable? If you actually put things like your classes and your assignments and things that are due in the calendar, you can set periodic reminders, all kinds of magical things that will ensure you don't get late assignments, you're not late, and you don't have to always rely on your brain to remember everywhere you have to be. That's the voice of experience of a parent to college students who more than once has said, so did you put that on a calendar? Have you thought about using your calendar? That would be a good thing. My other big transitional piece of advice is please check the brochure of your dorm room to ensure whether you have a regular twin or an Excel twin bed. There are two different things and one set of sheets doesn't fit the other. So double check that bed size in your dorm room and think about getting that mattress topper. You'll thank me later. So I want to ask you one more question before we go today. And I really, really, really want to hear what is your plan to take care of you while you're in college, knowing that this is going to be what are going to be. And I know you went down the emotional first aid kit line, but I want to know what are your plans? Get into it and tell me what you're going to do to take care of you. Dominic, kick us off. Well, I mean, we just were talking about scheduling. And so I don't think that scheduling should just be limited to, you know, to work related stuff and to school related stuff. I think that scheduling times to take care of yourself, take, whoa, to take care of yourself and to implement self-care into your life is a wonderful step to making sure that you always have time for self-care and you always have self-care in your life. So, you know, if you have to, you know, blot out 45 minutes in your calendar to go on a hike or something, you know, I know some people like hikes, or if you have to blot out just five minutes to do a little bit of stretching, because that's all the time you have, then go ahead and do that. I know that for me, I'm going to be listening to music like an addict the entire time and I'm in college because music brings me joy and comfort, but it might not bring joy and comfort to everybody. Maybe some people like to go on a walk. So schedule that, you know, schedule a walk that you can go on to, and making sure that, you know, you treat self-care not as just, you know, a luxury, but as a necessity when you're going into college because self-care is a necessity. Relaxation is a necessity. These things are things that keep us charged and they keep us ready for the day. And if we're not scheduling time to do them, then we might get burnt out and we might have a, a hard time in college and no one wants to have a hard time in college. So focusing on, you know, what really matters, your emotional and mental health is super important during this next few steps in your life. Um, I think those are such great pieces of advice, Dominic. And I love the idea of blocking it in because I also feel like I forget that mental wellness is just as important as doing well in school. One thing I am doing to remind myself of that is forcing myself, especially freshman year, to get into those types of classes that will promote mental wellness. So like at my school, we have to take PE classes no matter what. 
So I'm going to take ones that are going to like make me happy and feel good, whether that's hiking because Ithaca has gorgeous hiking, or maybe it's a meditation class to start off my day before I head into some more difficult classes. So trying to balance that out because I know a lot of kids come into college and are like, I'm taking six classes, calculus, three, English, all of the courses, first semester. And I just don't think that would be like mentally healthy for me. So I'm going to try to start off on the right path and then dive into things that really excite me and challenge me. For me, um, over the last like year and a half, I've gotten pretty invested in therapy and I've like allowed myself that opportunity to connect with someone like personally, but like not personal. So like I've had the opportunity to just vent with someone who's like vetted in listening and giving me advice. So I've kind of just learned to like be gracious with myself. Like I'm a good student and I do a lot of stuff, but that means I put a lot on myself and I take pride in the amount of work I do, but it gets really overwhelming. And if I'm burnt out, I just find myself sitting there staring, doing nothing when I could be like doing some self-care or like chilling or taking a break. Cause it's okay to take breaks. Cause I don't know, like I'll sit, try and write an essay and then sit still for 30 minutes when I could just be using that 30 minutes to like go for a walk or go eat some food or like sit and like rest instead of like thinking and just giving myself time to like unload because it's important to not harbor that stress when you have things going on. So just be gracious with yourself, take care of yourself and like try and monitor your needs because no one knows them as well as you do. Well, that sounds like the perfect advice to end our show on today. No one knows what you need more than you do. Thank you, all three of you, for being here today and talking about how you're going to cope with moving on. Congratulations on going off to really great schools. You're going to be amazing humans and do amazing things. And you're going to come back a few years from now, and you're going to tell me what you're doing and how it all works. And we here at work to be well are always here for you. We're just a, a text message, a phone call, a group me, or a, an email away. Always willing to catch a cup of coffee and talk about life because that's what we do. So if you are looking for support with your mental health or any other medical questions, you can always visit us at providence.org. But hey, for parents, teachers, students, and anybody who really wants to know about mental health, check us out at worktobewell.org. That's work the number two bewell.org. If you have been to our website before, but haven't been there in a while, check it out. It's been refreshed. It's awesome. It's beautiful. New resources, new colors, all kinds of new things, everything there for you. I am your host, Dr. Robin Henderson. This has been Talk to Be Well. Have a great day, everybody, and be well.